Hello, my sweet and wonderful friend. I hope you are keeping extremely well. Before the episode starts, I wanted to let you know that we now have some uncaged merch. That's right. And when I say merch, of course, I mean just some stickers. But hey, why not commemorate the time that you listened along on an audio journey as two grown men fell apart over the course of 100 days by defacing the front of your homework diary with some pictures of Nicolas Cage's face stuck on them. Each pack has four stickers in it, two of which are shinies, might I add, and all the designs are great. And if that wasn't enough, all money raised by selling these suckers is going straight to Sari, which is both a charity and an acronym. Standing Against Racism and Inequality. They are a terrific organisation, well worthy of your support, so very genuinely, you picking up a couple packs of stickers is a win-win scenario. And that's it. Link to where you can pick those up is in the episode description. Get some for you, get some for your mates, commemorate this stupid thing. Now, here's your episode, you sick little fuck. The NYPD is a lot of things. One thing, Mike, that we are not is lazy. Now, is there anything else that you want? He goes, yeah, find my son. Uh, Swirl, Cohen, Rainbow Sprinkles, please. Okay, six bucks. Yeah. Keep the change. Charlie? Charlie. Next. You see where my son went? Yeah, let's let's just get into this. I'm a bit of I'm a bit of a loss to know where to start talking about this film because there's so much. What I would like to point out to just set up a bit of context for this is when I sent a message to our very special guest today, Maeve, you were probably the the fastest to jump to the call there with your excitement, which is good. A lot of people have sort of audibly through the medium of just messages rolled their eyes at the prospect of having to do it but realizing that in a quarantine they have no excuse to do it but you jumped right right to it oh, absolutely. and then having recently watched <laughs> the film i received a video very shortly after you and you've written not one not two but three handwritten might i add pages of notes bitch i went fucking off on this this film was a fucking mess. I had such a good time watching it. It was so bad. It was so, so I totally bad. did too. I had like a pretty fun time with this film just for the sheer absurdity of it. Yeah, it was so much fun. It's nicely like 70... I mean, how does this work out now? What day are we on? So this would be the 74th film we've watched in as many days. I cannot believe that you've been doing that. And we've finally been treated to a Nicolas Cage horror film. <laughs> I, I, I didn't but think he had it? it in him. Hold on. But and I, I'm still it? not sure he did. <laughs> no, you've done Not the Bees. Not the Bees is a horror film. Oh, The Wicker Man's... It's a horror film, but in a different way. And it's, it's horrifying. I, I'd call that a horrible film, whereas this was a horror. <laughs> uh, it's called Not the Bees, actually, honey. Sorry. But, um, yeah, sorry. So you've, you've had... National, Tre- National Treasure is a horror film. He steals freedom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what could be more horrifying? Yeah, to be sucks. fair, ben- uh. Benjamin Franklin Gates does haunt my dreams more than any <laughs> scary film I've witnessed, so Con that's is, not inaccurate. Con Air is a horror film from like literally every other perspective. It's a horror but film for Nicolas pilots. Cage. In that, it's a horror Con film. Air has the end. scariest ending of any film I've seen, where Steve Buscemi's character at the end is just free after very candidly explaining that at one point he crossed five state lines wearing a child's head as a hat. I mean, I think you're forgetting That's about the fucking uh, horrifying, the yeah. ultimate horror ending of knowing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was what could be more terrifying than the screenwriters not doing their jobs? <laughs> <laughs> 
on. Can I just can I just really briefly get back to Con Air for a second? Sure. Of course, of course. Well, th- th- this is actually let let me just intro it and then I'll set you up nicely okay, to carry okay. on about. Okay. Okay. I do <laughs> I do have a little actual just a little thing that I uh, wanted to say really really quick um, just regarding like everything that's going on at the minute in terms of like the protests and the Black Lives Matter movement and stuff like that. I mean, I'm very yeah. rarely given the opportunity to like speak to any semblance of the audience unless I'm behind a drum kit being an idiot. So I would be remiss if I didn't mention it. Um, This Sunday, uh, I believe it is the 14th uh, of June. If anyone's in the Yorkshire area, there's a a peaceful socially distanced protest happening in the Hyde Park area of Leeds. So anyone in Leeds, Huddersfield, Wakey, Dewsbury, you know, any of those places, get on down. Um, Hopefully this episode comes out before then. But yeah, we need to... Keep our keep our foot on the gas pedal for all this stuff, and you know don't don't slow down with it all because if the effort's sustained, then you know change occurs from there. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that I've got the platform to do it, so I'd be remiss if I didn't say at least something. Hey, hey, of hey. course, right? You are, regardless of whether this comes out for that date or not. The the cause is so important that it's it's worth mentioning nonstop. Yeah, email your MPs, all of that stuff. Log on to I believe it's is it is it is it theyworkforyou.org or something like that which shows I believe um, that is the one. Everyone's voting record, everything like that. Any kind of stuff that you can do, obviously, I mean lots of people have been doing it already, but donate to all like the causes and fundraisers that you can. Make sure you research who is behind them as well before so. And yeah, just wanted to mention that. Thanks very much for letting me do that. <laughs> Appreciate it. No, of course. It's uh, it's 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 one that's close to our hearts as well, and it's uh, we've kind of taken a, a different approach to what you can do with your all this free time that we've all ended up with. But I think one of the most important things anyone can be doing right now is educating themselves in any way, shape, or form. Absolutely. Not necessarily in the art of Nick Cage, but yes, definitely. Oh, no. <laughs> and yeah, using that link that you've already said, and we'll put we'll prop a link up as well. Lovely, thank you There's so uh, hundreds of different things that you can do, including donating, uh, learning, and just being an active member and communicating with your family and local community. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is power, and power is what is needed to topple a tyrannical government structure. Lovely so stuff. read some books, people. You don't just get to steal the Declaration of Independence on day one, you know. <laughs> you've got to read the books to get there. Yeah. No, no, you've got to leave Arizona first. <laughs> hey! um, so anyone listening to this you probably have noticed that Daniel and I are very lucky to be joined by another guest today this is a girl who thumps the tub so good it makes Chumbawamba blush it's Meg Westall <laughs> hello <laughs> how many that's so many blushes there's like 46 people in Chumbawamba is there Chumbawamba Chumbawamba Jesus fucking Christ get me off this fucking pod I mean Chumbawamba <laughs> as many have said was the original blazing squad and actually Maeve you play as part of a band that has been called the emo blazing squad so there's a lot of ties coming on here to be honest yeah so I mean you guys obviously were lucky enough to talk to um, Joey Big Bastard Ashworth uh, the singer <laughs> Thank you for using the full name as well. Yeah, 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 of course. And Sam, Samuel Chevy Blazer Hopper, Hopper as well. There was an abs- I was cracking up so much at that episode that you guys did with them. That was so They funny. were terrific sports and they very much got it. And they were some of the few guests that we've had on that seemed like they were really big Nick Cage fans. And I believe they went as far as referring to the man himself as an artist. But Maeve, that brings me to ask you. What's your experience with Nick Cage like been on your time on Earth? My experience with Nick Cage has kind of just been like, I don't know, he's always just kind of like that weird uncle or something like that, where like, <laughs> you kind of like, he, he gets like brought... Right, he's never going to listen to this, so fuck it. Um, I have this uncle Martin, right? 
and he's just like a weird fucking guy. Like he's like he's like a cream soda of a man. You know what I mean? And you, you kind of like, but he like kind of makes these like facial expressions. I, I seem to remember from when I was a kid, and he's all a bit like ooh, ha, he, ooh, kind of, you, you know, like a Nick Cagey kind of way. And I just, sure. I, I don't know. I've always thought of just my fucking weird ass Uncle Martin every time. Well, that's day one at Uncle Camp. <laughs> facial expressions. Then day two, I think, is like gifts they don't really want, but you'll get a laugh out of it. Xbox, <laughs> iPad, that kind of stuff, you know. I think oh, yeah. day three, they actually bring it full circle and then they're like, footy. Yeah. Uh, and then day fours <laughs> and fives are just freestyle uncling. <laughs> what what, what comes like, under freestyle uncling? I assume like barbecuing. Yeah, barbecuing, cold complimenting. Yeah. Um, Finding beer requests. Finding porn in the woods. Porn in the woods. <laughs> DVD burning. Has anyone ever got to the mystery of who's putting porn in the woods? I I don't know because <laughs> I don't know anyone that hasn't found it once. You know Squirrels. what I mean? Every... <laughs> but while we're on the subject of my childhood, one of the most enduring memories that I have because I lived um a, like a maybe about a five minute walk away from a forest, and um there were these older lads one day like when I was just like playing football on the fields, and they must have been like six or so years older. But I distinctly remember this lad who'd found porn in the woods and he was showing it to his mates, but he was shaking it around going, porno, 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 porno. <laughs> the appropriate action. <laughs> that's just like, I think that was like the first like objectively funny thing I'd ever saw. Because like, up until then, it was just like, I don't know, whatever the 1998 version of Balamori was, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know comedy until I'd seen that. I imagine that's where you acquired your ear and love for melody. Yeah, absolutely. And that went, God, that's really sticking in my head. I need to create that. (laughs) You know that crazy sound you've been looking for? (laughs) (laughs) Porn up, porn up, porn up. Ben, when was the first time you found porn in the woods? Um, When was the first time? I was probably about nine, probably nine behind Ryan North's house. Um, That was fun. We didn't. We didn't dare tell his mum, but we uh, we told his uncle. And he was oh yeah, the old, the old North Side bussy stash. I know it well. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember walking um, n- near my house. I won't bore you with where because it won't make any sense. But there was like a place where people had like kind of made some dirt jumps, and people would go down there and drink all the time. I remember going down there and finding emphasis the- on the dirt. Yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. And it's like in between two of the jumps, someone had like made a fire, and then underneath, like that, when it was cleared, someone had buried a load of porn magazines. And I never quite understood why, for one, they were burying them, or even having them there for that long. And it become like this thing where they were just always there, and like people well, would wait, just no be like, dare "Move them." Yeah, well, well, I'm not touching them. Are we talking like a situation where there's like a dirt jump, and then at like the little chasm bit, there's is there like a gauze or something over it and then underneath the gauze of fire is then that that's more or less it there was like a like they had a fire there for a while and then when that got cleared there was just a tarp and then i remember we pulled the tarp out one day because the tarp would kind of go over the dirt jumps to keep them dry as a tarp would do <laughs> um, <laughs> and it turns out that also it was there to protect this porn stash but that then- is the ultimate teenage boy gauntlet you've got to dodge people going off dirt ramps there's fire there's a tarp you have to cl- climb under just to acquire this. i always assumed that people were just doing like some sweet jumps over a wanking dude or something it was like such a dog walking area that it just seemed like such a weird place to stash it and whenever you go there i mean i didn't go there often don't we wrong but every couple of months it would be different porn so someone had like someone was Take updating it like, yeah like a library and I thought that was probably my first sense of community here in Totten 
Just, it kind of sounds like your like childhood memories emerging from like you know like the fire level from Mario sixty four where there's like different stars hidden underneath, but in your mind you've merged it with porn and there's just porn everywhere for some reason. That's like, still my life now. That's oh my god. <laughs> the floor is lava, but lava is porn. <laughs> Working for evil angel ain't easy. <laughs> So I think we'd be remiss to not at least try and bring this round to this this film. Oh, I can already tell we're going to run a bit long on this because we're all I'm rather fired up. But I think, oh, Maeve, you should certainly, because you've got so many notes, well, take the lead. Why don't you tell us a bit about the 2000, I want to say 14 movie, 2015. Pay the Ghost. 2015. 2015 movie, Pay the Ghost. And maybe a great way to open this up is, how much would you pay the ghost? How much would I pay the ghost? Um... A pay in the ghost is worth two of these DVDs in the bin, I would say. Yeah, okay. And, <laughs> That's the going, right? Uh, I'd, I, would, I would end there in negotiations, but obviously, you know, we've got to hold firm in opposition. We've made it clear mm-hmm. this entire time throughout this um, entire campaign how much we'd be willing to pay the ghosts, and they're just not uh, willing to meet us halfway. But honestly, you know, the ghost played a great game. Um, honestly, you, can't, you know, it's, it's never easy to come on at half time, replace an injured player. And he comes on, and he delivers an absolute fantastic performance. You know, jumpers for goalposts, bounce back ability, great feat for a big lad. So, you know, you just love it to sit. You love See, to a sit. lot of people are complaining that ghosts these days are overpaid, but I think you really get in what it's a self sustaining industry, ghosting, you know, no, that's the thing. You, you see, the thing is, right, the other night, bloody Coventry City field, a whole team, not one of them ghosts were English. <laughs> See, I can't, it's, it's, it's a problem, mate. Our country's gone to the dogs. It's not like it used to be. Anyway, yeah, Pay the Ghost fucking I, sucks. I, we're, we're, we're minutes, minutes in, and we've ended up on Britain for Britain in the form of ghosts. Yeah, no, Pay the Ghost fucking sucks. It's basically, I just don't really want to talk about this film because I just kind of, like, purged it. Like, these fucking notes are just ridiculous. Like, I've just got, like, I've got, I've got bullet points where it's, like, um, uh, a... F- uh, one of these bullet points is a fucking self-raiding scooter. You're a professor, bro. Um, <laughs> uh, also, why haven't they got Derek Akora in? Why is everybody at- accosting grieving people stop being a bastard? Dutch angle, Dutch angle, Dutch angle, Dutch angle. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the DP had one leg shorter than the other. Yeah. Just walks up to the zombie woman like, hey, up, can I have Michali, please? Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> that'll make that'll make more that'll make more sense. Let me let me let me explain the plot. Let me explain this. Let, let's get through absolute, the synopsis of this. Dog, <laughs> this absolute dogfire of a film. So Nicolas Cage is a fucking professor. Um, he's got this kid. He takes his kid out um, to uh, this little Halloween like carnival thing. He starts seeing like the kid sees visions and stuff like that and like ghostly apparitions and lots of things happen all throughout this film. Where you say, what does that mean? What does that mean? What's going on? I don't know. I can't wait uh, for them to explain no, this. Nobody knows what's going on in this entire film, but basically we're led to believe that Nicolas Cage's child is abducted by some sort of ghostly presence or something, maybe. Hashtag foreshadowing. I hated my life for the entire first 15 minutes of this film. It sucked. And it's literally <laughs> just like, like, oh, there's so many things. Like every single like possible, like not not even horror film, but like, thriller film like general nicholas cage film and just like every plot device in general all across the board it's all used this film has absolutely no idea what it is 
what it wants to be, what story it's trying to tell, like what characters we're supposed to care about and what characters we aren't supposed to care about. And I just, I, everybody's trying so hard as well. All the actors are trying so hard. No one, no one acted in this film to pick up a check, except maybe the kid, because he's a fucking kid. Um, like, you, you know what I mean? Uh, but like, just... I just like there's so many ridiculous things like the music is so like oh god the music supervisor had such a blast making this he just got pissed and was just like <laughs> I'm gonna bash on my keyboard horror film yeah there's a random cat girl that appears in 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 one of the scenes and you're just like what what's going on obviously the housemaid is called Rosa what the oh, fuck that's racist, the same observation racist yeah. as fuck like absolutely fucking, he's called professor lawford he might as well be called fucking professor smart bloke or something <laughs> <laughs> why is the cgi turkey flying everywhere what well, hang on, see, you, you raised a very good point, Maeve, in the fact that this film doesn't really seem to have any sense of identity. But I wonder if no. you had to narrow it down to three uh, genres of film, I wonder if you would get the same ones that it got listed as when I was looking up reviews for it. Oh, fuck me. Um, so you can pick three. I bet one's romance. No. I think, <laughs> Thank I, God. I, think I wrote this down, but there's so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm gonna go. Come, come on, not, not from the notes. Let's hear it from the heart. Right. Yeah. yeah. Here, all right. Straight from the bus. Um, I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna go for thriller, horror, family. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you one out of three there for horror. It's. I. I found this baffling. This is listed as horror, and I thought, okay, yeah, because you've just put in a couple of yes. like moments from other films. Eight jump scares. Yeah. And then it was listed as a drama mystery. It's a mystery while I was watching the film. <laughs> yep. It's the only mystery I could find here. Yeah. Because at no point, it didn't really... And, and the drama side, there was not... I, I couldn't find anything. Yeah. It's literally like, what does that mean? The movie? And like... The most believable part of drama was the self-riding uh, scooter. <laughs> it was, was honestly... Oh my God. That <laughs> and and to be fair, that's probably the biggest mystery as well. That shit drove me hog fucking wild. That was... And I'm already thinking it's, it's like a vulture that's just flying around New York. Is that what that was? That bird? I wanted yeah, to... Yeah, well, there's like... At first I wanted to believe about. that it was some kind of like Thanksgiving turkey because that's like the next... Holiday. You know, like in America, when Halloween's oh. done, it's like, oh, uh, you know, thank turkey, 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 baby. But no, they decided to go with vultures. I think maybe a good way, as you have so many notes to narrow this in, is of course discussing the man himself, Nick Cage, in this film and talking a bit more about his character, who I did not quite pay attention enough to pick the name up of. Professor Mike Lawford. Mike Lawford, <laughs> that's it, of course. No, no, it's not. It's Donnie Smart Bloke. Professor Sorry. Donnie Smart Bloke. He's really smart. Don't you see don't you see the fucking jacket he's wearing with the fucking Mate, elbow shit? We're talking about smart guy clothes. You see the sweater vest on that guy. Oh god, that bit was punishing. Mate, what I love is this whole bit of Cage this like could not decide whether his character was a glasses wearer or not. If you took a shot every time he took his glasses <laughs> on or put them back off again, you would be hospitalized. <laughs> out of control I love that initial scene which shows that he's like this. he is the smart professor 
But he also, like, you know, he's the cool professor and he gives this, like, really kind of, like, it's like like he's trying to be, like, one of the students. And this is a bit what I couldn't understand. What age group is he teaching? Because they've all, he's, like, teaching as if, like, almost as if he's, like, in higher education. But they've all come to the class dressed in Halloween outfits, which I, I couldn't work out what age group they're supposed to be and therefore couldn't work out. I, I don't know if I can answer you, but that cat girl would get it. That guy, Nick Cage's character, <laughs> he is what we call in the industry a cool teacher because he cusses in front of his students. Yeah, that was the bit. I was just like, oh, oh, come on now. And it was like, show some respect for Reed's palm. These three <laughs> authors. That's <laughs> 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 so good. But like, it was, I feel like it was really funny as well that like, like the film like makes him a professor as obviously like a narrative de- device to be like oh this guy knows everything and now his whole life's befuddled with mystery kind of thing and i think that's really like interesting that that's like one of the many umpteen flavors that's like mixed into this film because the whole thing is like kind of like assembling like a jigsaw but then like halfway through doing the jigsaw when you can kind of work out what it is it's just the director flipping you off And it's yeah. like, insofar as it's a mystery as well, where you could just look at the jigsaw, see that it's the director flipping you off, because we could all tell... Look at the fucking... Po- the poster is so bad. It's, it's horrible. It's so bad. And like... Which makes me all the more confused why everyone is acting so fucking hard in this And film. speaking of acting hard, definitely one of the highlights for me, because Cage shows a, a fairly big range of emotion in this, credit where it's due. Oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah. He's like constantly got wet eyes in this and no more is that brought to a climax when Nick Cage dressed as a, ha- a cowboy is sat on the floor crying into a pirate hat put that on the list of things I didn't think I was going to see when I woke up this morning With it, right, so there's something here that I do need to bring up Is that so a, a quick synopsis here he takes his son to the carnival and loses his kid because he's a fucking idiot yeah. I'm, I'm... he loses his son then just runs home yeah <laughs> Oh well. Oh my god. No, I just forgot. The policeman. The policeman. He runs up to a policeman. He's like, There's my boy. My boy's missing. My boy's missing. Have you seen? <laughs> this is his hat. This is his hat. Have you seen him? And the cop's just like, well, I don't know. I, oh, baby, he went home. <laughs> it's like, What? How, what the fuck? Like, this is so dismissive, yeah. But Cage just takes that as gospel. And he's like, "You're right. I should leave the scene of the crime and go yeah. home." And obviously, his wife's like, "Why? Why are you here? Why are you screaming our child's name?" Oh. But this is the bit that baffled me when the child goes missing. I already can't remember the boy's name, and I'm not interested in learning it. Charlie. Oh God. Yeah. He screams it enough times. Like, this is my favourite bit of camera work in the whole thing, where it pans down to his hand, and then he realises that he's not holding his son's hand anymore. Right. Like, at what point no didn't you sense. fucking realise that the child had just let go and just left? Like, and, why was that a big dramatic reveal? I thought he was, was going to pan down and he was holding the vulture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or he's holding hands well, with the cop. That's the thing. It's, 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 it's hard to make a joke about something that's so fucking outrageously like nonsensical to begin with though kind of it already is a joke is the problem it's so stupid the jokes make themselves like because like like move if if we're going to go chronologically like moving on like the film straight away goes to a year later 
So like Nicolas Cage is like waking up and he's got this big old like uh, like police board style web of like mystery like where his boy the way is. that they've directed that scene is so funny because oh, you're watching it and you're like if you'd lost your child you would not be able to sleep that night. Nick Cage just tucks himself into bed and then he wakes <laughs> up and it says one year later. It's like fucking hell, Nick, you've got a kid to look for. Just had a quick Wait, one year nap. together makes it look like it's just a quick one year blast. Quick four thousand winks. Yeah. Oh no, uh, we've got um as well another one of those um hashtag foreshadowings Love in that. the um in the dream as well, which is a nice bit of foreshadowing. And, the, and I'm the, saying the it like that because so it makes funny. it so obvious that it's foreshadowing as well. Like right. earlier on as well, like because he's this professor, like he's got this very smart, sexy uh, German like uh colleague who like is like really National Treasure Three, as I called her. Yeah. <laughs> Zang. Nice. Uh, she, uh, mate, well, I'm, we're jumping all over the timeline oh, here, sorry. but justice for that Swedish lady. Oh, she's like, Swedish. Okay. No reason for her to be killed so brutally in this film. Yeah. She did nothing wrong. She was such a hero. Even the fact that when Cage's wife gets possessed by their kidnapped child, don't worry about yeah. it, and starts carving <laughs> into her, her own arm, when Cage and his wife, I think Kristen's her name, they yeah. turn up to the Swedish doctor the next day. She doesn't say a word, doesn't ask a single question. Literally. I mean, maybe that's not good. She should be like, why are your arms sliced open? I know yeah. you've lost a son. Is everything okay? But no, she doesn't say a peep and it's just like, yeah, sure, I'll help you decode these runes. Go ahead. Here yeah. friends, friends come first, bitch, in this film. But there's no reason that they just brutally kill her off and it was... So, it made me angry, quite frankly. The bit that made me the most angry is just after that, where she's carved this um, kind of rune shape, whatever it is, Celtic whatever the fuck it is, into her arm, and then they just go, oh, they reckon there's someone doing this weird little ritual that could probably help you and then they get there and she's like oh I'm just a teacher I wouldn't know anything about that a teacher who specialises in exposition yeah, it, because she then literally explains the entire it, yeah, it literally goes from oh I'm sorry I'm just a teacher I couldn't possibly help you with that and then they say like one word and they just go oh fucking hell yeah that's exactly what I'm here for yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll move this plot on along for sorry, you sorry I don't know the answer but here is how you solve this entire problem it was literally like bumping yeah. into an NPC in Skyrim the script must have been like rewritten so 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 much and like certain writers must have been really really hoping to get like certain lines in like edgewise and stuff like that because the way that that kind of monologue that the teacher have has is so ridiculous because she's like mm, I'm just a teacher from Bayside actually and then it's like oh well let me tell you about this very specific secret lady who died in this very specific way <laughs> oh my god she has your son and she has like 17 <laughs> accents as well and like yeah she literally just you, they give us nothing they give us nothing all film and then suddenly oh this teacher from Bayside is like fucking pagan exposition goddess like what the oh, sweet Fresh hell. I, hate I would love to have a conversation with the both of you about the end of this film after they figure out how to get through it all. Where Nick Cage goes to the underground and meets up with the most convenient blind person in any film ever. <laughs> oh my god, the man walks through a fucking Donkey Kong Country level. <laughs> it's so funny. Like the little, the, the, like he, he walks like across this like industrial weird like gated steps things that the fucking homeless Tommy Wiseau man sends it sends him on. Right. And like 
It's like literally like this whole world in like the original Donkey Kong Country game on the SNES, where it's like it's literally the same set design. It's really funny. It's just a long straight bridge, and if you fall off, you lose a life. Yeah, no, literally, it's so good. And it so Nick Cage crosses this bridge to like another realm. There's like a porthole on it or something like that. And yeah. At one point, the lady says, "Oh, this is our portal song. Don't worry about it." So all very very convenient. He crosses over finds all these kids that over the years have been abducted, says Charlie to find a son and every child raises their hand. I was like, okay, they're all Charlie, brilliant. So then we see Nicolas Cage wading through a sea of smoky children. He eventually finds his son and his kids say, oh, I'm so glad you found me. When I got kidnapped, these two other kids, Paco and Mia were here. Can we, can we rescue them as well? And Cage just goes, there's no time. <laughs> and I mean, his son ends up grabbing him and bringing him. But I was like, Nicholas. Yeah. He's like, sorry, son, no time. We have to leave these two there, children. There's no time. But when when the bridge is literally collapsing, all I'm going to do is like a kind of brief power walk. Oh while I was yelling God, at the yeah. kids that can't get past you to go faster whilst yeah, going as him, slow as possible. Credit where it's due, Professor Cage, he's pretty strong. Like he hangs on by just like a fingertip when the bridge collapses and has a son. Man, just to throw his son back up. Well, how much does a ghost weigh? <laughs> Very good point. Weigh the ghost. Yeah. Do you know what, actually? <laughs> do you know what? That bit actually really reminded me of, um, you know that bit in This Is The End, when, like, the hole collapses and all the smoke oh, yeah. are falling into the pit of fire? And, like, Aziz Ansari is just, like, s- like s- stepping on, I think he's, like, stepping on, like, Jason Bateman's hands or something to, like, push him down the hole. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and it, it just made me think of that, where I was just like, oh, Charlie, just, like, his dad saves him. He just, like, volleys him in the fucking bonds and just, like, Still a a ghost. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) I wondered. um, Ghost Rider too sucked. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if either of you would be interested in hearing uh, a review of this film. Yes, please. It's 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 not from one of our not from one of our regular reviewers. Is it um, the village voice? Because that one, that that review is fucking hilarious. That one. This isn't from any any particular review site. This is just from a user called Left Banker One. Okay. Uh, the review is titled Nick Cage Must Be Stopped. An alternative title for our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that anyone would give this more than one star. It was simply dreadful from start to finish. There must be a quicker, more efficient manner to send the movies of Nicolas Cage to the trash can. Director DVD just isn't fast enough. There must be a better way for his movies to sink into total oblivion. This was possibly the worst movie ever filmed, and I don't throw that perjurative around freely. Alternative titles, he, he, this is good, he's offered an alternative title to this film, Turdtanic. <laughs> Come on, left bank of one. I know, he's got to try harder than to that. to go so blue. <laughs> but I wonder how much everyone really agrees with that. Is this, would you really say this was the possibly the no. worst movie ever filmed? Because I don't think it was quite that bad, but I mean, it wasn't far off. We've we've sat through. This person has not seen as many Nick Cage films as us. I feel like Dan. No, very true. I mean, I feel like anyone that's called Left Banker is absolutely a castrator <laughs> and should be thrown in the bin. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, the the fact that if if he is a left banker, I mean, that kind of makes sense because that kind of like review of it like i kind of agree that it was bad but also it's like so i i love these reviews because i think a lot of people don't really understand what they're getting into with a nick cage film and i think when it comes to people like us we can kind of pick the fun out of it but if i sat down having no idea what i was in for 
I, I would be mad by the oh, end of I it. I've just paid my hard-earned money to see yeah. that in the cinema. I'd be fucking absolutely seething. <laughs> Listen, we've thrown a lot of uh, a mixed bag of shade at this thing, but I think it's important we try to bring the mood back up. And I think it's imperative, quite <laughs> frankly, that we all be nice to Nicky. Maeve, I'm going to invite you to go first here. Why don't oh, you no. say something nice about Nick Cage in this film? He looks good in this film. <laughs> you think so? Nicky, you'd get it in this film, I think. Um, My bar's been set pretty high because I've, I've been there for the whole ride and yeah. I watched Joe. I watched Joe last week and, oh, baby. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, daddy. Well, I, can, I don't know. I kind, of, I kind of, like, appreciate the, the, the demure Professor cosplay that he's... That he's going on, <laughs> you know. Okay, that's more like it. I kind of appreciate that because that's kind of like, I mean, he does kind of look like, like about fifty percent of like the over forties on Grinder as well, which is kind of funny. I think I'd like to be nice to Nikki here by saying a part that really cracked me up and uh, was just like a great classic Nick Cage burn is where he's going in. Uh, to the NYPD, presumably, office to speak with the police chief here. And uh, he's chatting away with the guy, and the he's like, you guys need to start doing your fucking jobs here. And the guy says, the NYPD is a lot of things, but one thing, Mike, that we are not is lazy. And he goes, I've kind of had enough of you. Now, is there anything else that you want? He just goes, yeah, find my son. Fucking sick. Just completely double down. So on it. good. Oh, is that so what you mean by, by, by say something nice about Nicky? Yeah, just, just about like, a moment a moment he oh, had of this. Just you a thought. moment that I enjoyed. I thought that anything. I was actually. It could be anything like, you want. I thought I had to like be like, oh, if I met the character of this film, say something nice about him. I was like, bitch, what the fuck? I like <laughs> Hey, don't worry, you can, we'll give you another shot. But, uh Dan, why didn't you do one in the meanwhile while Maeve has a thing? Um I'd go down the route of good cardio when he outruns a bus. <laughs> <laughs> that was that's particularly he fantastic. He does not relent. He does not stop. I can't work out in my head if that scene goes on way too long or not long enough. Because he's chasing it for just that awkward kind of little bit. It's like, wow, he's really going. For, oh, no, he's on the bus. He wants to find <laughs> his son as much as Usain Bolt has wanted any gold medals. So I think that checks out. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, I, what I didn't understand is when, when he got on the bus, because he's clearly not a bus he wants to be on. Why didn't he just go, I think my son's on this bus. Can I quickly check? Rather than just, he seems to just buy a ticket and then just walk to the back just, of the bus yelling Charlie. Mate, one of the extras in that scene is fucking amazing. There's this older woman in the back of the shot and she yeah. gives him the most disgusted yeah. look. It was brilliant. Yeah, he gets some pure stink eye and it's fully yeah, deserved. Yeah, rightly so. What's great about that is that, like, what's so terrifying about a look like that is that, like, everybody has had a look like that from, like, their nan or their auntie. Yes, or, yes. Like, and it's just like, oh, oh, no, that was, that was the... That was probably the scariest part of this entire film. Like that one extra where it's like, oh, Nan, oh, like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, oh. Nan, I'm sorry. Oh, God, all oh, right, uh, sorry, uh, I won't kick the football at the apple tree. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> or whatever. But I, I've, I've thought of my, my, my favorite moment. Let's, let's hear it. Let's hear you be nice to Nikki. Literally, right. Okay. So. After, so after this exact scene, actually, he runs after this bus that he sees a vision of Charlie. And as he gets off the bus, when he realizes that Charlie isn't there, he happens to be at this building site, which has some graffiti on it that says, pay the ghost, which mm. is hashtag foreshadowing. And so he walks in and uh, there's all of these homeless people just like knocking about. 
looking like some, you know, like Piccadilly Gardens kind of shit. And like, he just walks up to this Tommy Wiseau blind looking guy and just straight up is just like, yeah, explain this graffiti to me, please. (laughs) He's like, picks out the blind man. Have you seen this graffiti? Have you seen this graffiti, please, Mr. Tommy Wiseau, blind man? Please explain it to me. Thank you very much. What cracked me up in that bit is that <laughs> same blind Wiseau. He just grabs the stick and lights it on fire and leads the way with a torch. It's like, yep. bruv, <laughs> yep. do you need this to help you? All right. He carries in his pocket a fully functional, working, battery-operated electric torch. And he's just like, you can have this. You'll need it more than I do. So like, why do you even fucking have it? Where did you get these batteries from? What, what have you... He was an extremely convenient person to have around. So this is going to be an interesting new segment of the show after this morning, Daniel and I finally ushered away our 20-time running champion. We're going to move into a new segment of the show here that we like to call (laughs) Cage Match. (laughs) What we're going to do for this Cage Match is we've decided to put on a pedestal and move aside Benjamin Franklin Gates as he has currently at this point been undefeated for as many as 20 days and quite frankly dan and i are sick of discussing it so what we've done in lieu of the last episode's cage match we put that aside in order to bring it to us now now these we're in a weird era of cage where he's not really playing particularly big memorable characters so i'm interested to see both how well dan and i remember the character from that quite forgettable film you're in credit crunch cage We've been referring to it as the Great Depression. <laughs> Not only because Dan and I are almost eighty films into this, but no, that was that was that was one that like that that made me laugh really hard in like previous episodes when you refer to the Big Four as if it's like like <laughs> like Nick Cage's best films are like like Liverpool, <laughs> Arsenal, Man <laughs> like, He's done it. Nick Cage <laughs> has just won the triple. <laughs> so, mate, I'm going to stick you in the corner of Professor Mike. Yep. for this one and I guess Dan we sort of need to work together to remember everything from the last character whose name was Colin Price Right. <laughs> yeah sure. what the fuck was this film you watched what, what was the so runner? about it oh it wasn't necessarily sad it was just a it was about like everything happening straight after the BP oil spill but it also wasn't about that at all it was very <laughs> devoid of humour yeah Right. Uh, much like a lot of the films of this recent era, I think Cage. It's a shame because Cage, when he wants to be funny, he's really cracked me up before. You know, raising Arizona, certain moments, National Treasure. Because he's never really gone straight in on a on a bold comedy role. He's done it like a couple of times, and that's why I get excited that now he's willing to branch out and go. Fuck it, I could try horror. Maybe we're going to get him go back to comedy. We could get another G Force yeah. out of him. Uh, I really hope so. Yeah. Well, the, I, th- I think one of the best things that you can say about Nicolas Cage is that, like, his kind of um, square peg in a round hole charm that he has plays well only kind of with with roles where maybe it's the script or, like, the directing kind of allows him to uh, put humour into things rather than act out something that is humorous in of itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Interestingly phrased. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I think he he's good at finding light in a dark place sometimes, but equally if he wants to make things a bit more glib, he also is the man with the keys to make that happen or not. Oh, absolutely. Like he can he can proper like jack D it up. You know. I feel like he'd be a real 
presence on set. I feel like he's the kind of person whose mood dictates that of everybody who's involved in the production. If he's woke up on the bad side of the bed, everyone on set is having a bad day. But 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 I wouldn't pin him as a diva necessarily. I hope he's not. I hope he's just like a nice guy who's just like a fucking weirdo, you know? I could I could be totally wrong. I, th- I think there maybe was an era of that and maybe we're still in it. But I think these days he seems like he's just found a groove and he's just like, yeah, I just love to. I mean, even when he wins his Oscar and does his speech in his speech, he says, I know it's not cool to say it, but I just love to act. And I don't know, that's sweet. Yeah, shit. Yeah, maybe. I think there's like a I think that the bit that I always get drawn back to when I try to think about what's what could he possibly be like on set is when filming for Vampire's Kiss and they were doing a couple of sex scenes and to get him oh, in the mood he had someone pour hot yogurt oh. on his toes. Oh, <laughs> and that fucking film! Not just oh, that, yeah. not just that film. Imagine oh. the feel of a hot yogurt getting poured on your toes by an intern. <laughs> Yeah, to get you in the mood to film fame. a sex scene. So what's working in Hollywood like? I mean, well, like babes, well. like I, 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 I'll try anything twice, but like I mean, <laughs> third time you got to get paid for it, like. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, let's get into the cage match. Yes. Babe, why don't you tell me a little bit about Professor Mike's strength? Well, Professor Mike's strength certainly, I feel, kind of like lies within. His uh, his love for his family, you know his his love for academics, you know his love for his colleagues, uh, his you know his love for his son especially. I mean, all he, he he just wants to do right by people so much, and you know he just gets he he gets put in a really really shit situation by some absolute fucking clapped ghost lady, <laughs> and like. <laughs> And if it sounds like I'm not making a lot of sense, I mean that's kind of. Mm-hmm. I mean that's the film because <laughs> that's kind of the film. But I mean, this guy just he, this guy loves his family. He loves to rescue his family, and he does just that. And so, I for one uh, would like to uh, a round of a round of applause for uh, uh, what was it Donny Donny Professor Donny Smartbloke. Round of applause. Thank yeah, I'll, I'll all the hard working daddies out there. Nice one. Never giving up. Professor Smart Blake, he really yeah. As smart as he is, maybe um talk a little bit about the strength of our guy, but what Colin. And, and it yeah, this is gonna seem like I'm turning it because our guy is completely forgettable. Not the case. Not the case at all. Well, we'll see. But if if you think Donnie Smart Guy was that strong, why couldn't he just hold his kid's hand? <laughs> A six-year-old breaks out of his bicycle. Yeah, and and goes missing for a year, and then he's not that he, he's so strong that he sleeps for an entire year because of it. <laughs> Fisher, Fisher, everything there is contextual, right? How can you hold the hand of a ghost, motherfucker? They're a ghost. He but he wasn't a ghost, a ghost at that point, was he? He gets ghosted. <laughs> the, the fucking that would have been such a better name for this film. Ghosted. Oh, Nick shit. Cage gets ghosted by his son. He gets ghosted <laughs> by his fucking son, and also he sleeps for a year. Do you know who else sleeps for a year? Fucking polar bears. They're strong as shit. Oh, okay. I feel that. Uh, yeah, Fisher. How about that? Okay. Right. What strength do we actually see realistically from Colin? Like the guy at the end of the film, he is 
Holway adamant that he will not bow down to the corrupt businessman trying to offer him some money, and then and at then the he very does. end, he does. He I also he gives into. I, I have no idea who this guy is, uh, but yeah, I, I appreciate. I, I can say I can say wholeheartedly, Colin's a bitch. <laughs> no, I, I, I'd really struggle to disagree with that. Uh, I think. We're, yeah, I think you've nailed real. it. To be fair, I think we're you might have seen this yes. film. One nil to Professor Mike. Let's move on though. And Maeve, why don't you tell me a little bit about Pro Mike's agility? Oh, his agility. Well, I mean, there's a lot of there is there is no room that this man won't walk into and instantly be rude to everyone in said room. <laughs> and do you know what? That takes a whole lot of chutzpah, and I'm I I I love that shit. That is just so to stoke the fires at that point as well. As you put Dan, he does run after that he, bus. Yeah, he does absolutely yeah. take down this bus. I was agile a big fan AF. of that. He's, he's he's agile of mind as well. He's 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 got a comeback for literally everything. Like you know, you said before, like he, he's just like after the police chief is like, I'm doing so much work for I'll you. Oh, just find my and kid. He's just like find my son. Like, it's, just, it's so dumb. But that being said, he is going head to head with someone who is the star in a film called The Runner. Pretty fucking agile. Yeah, I feel That's like the running um, kind of counters out each other. But I would bring it back again to say that our guy today has some of the slowest bridge speed. I've ever seen <laughs> when literally faced with certain death still can't this get a move on however having said that that was immediately after having a Dragon Ball Z style fight in the air why do they the fly zombie lady. why can they fly huh why can the witch lady thing fly because and spooky fuck you it was pretty Dragon Ball Z and I was into that so can I we mean, just swap knows? out Maybe agility cage flying too I think we swap out agility today for spooky <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who was spookier between Colin Price and uh, whoever was in Pay to Ghost, Mike Lawford? And I think it's oh, it's got to be Mike. Be like Mike. Yeah, I'll happily, I'll happily take that. How are we going to bring this back around when we go on to discuss? And this will be interesting, and I'll be interesting to hear Colin's side's argument first. Likeability. Because this is a man, when oh, we no. watched the film, it was an interesting one because he is his politics were very likable. He was very progressive. He was trying to ban, essentially, uh, oil and the way that it's drilled for. But behind the scenes, the guy was a snake. He was adulterous. He was... Well, I can't remember what else happens in the film. Well, that's pretty much his only snaky. real flaw. He has, like, this alcohol problem that he seems to have inherited right. from his dad. Right. But other than that, he just, like, you know... And, and to be fair, his wife is an asshole. Yeah. I mean, I'll never condone it, but if you're going to cheat on anyone, it should be her. <laughs> and, and let's talk about likability, okay? So he then goes on to... She doesn't even leave him. She likes him that much that he, she's just like, yeah, as long as you don't leave your job or anything. And then he even does that and she still wants him back. And then he goes on to get with another two different women throughout the course of this oh. film. What, is, what does Cage do in this film today? Yeah, tell Lawford us about gets kicked out. Let's get kicked out until he can convince his wife about ghosts. The likability of Professor Mike. I mean, God, (laughs) fucking damn! I I think we've got this one. This is this is like my 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 twenty eight to three. It's like I'm it's it's half time, and I'm the Atlanta Falcons, and you're the New England Patriots, (laughs) and I'm just gonna get I'm just gonna get absolutely fucking dicked on for the for these next three rounds. Like, because this this man is not likable at all. 
Like, if you're talking about it in, in terms of, like, like all joking aside, like, I hate, like, everyone in this film. Like, yeah. so much. Like, I kind of feel, yeah. I mean, I might regret this, but I kind of feel like y- you have to take... Th- I would not feel right taking this round. It is staggering how many people we bring on the show and they have that exact same answer on that exact same round where they're like, I oh hated God. this person. You just have to take the point because I don't want to stick up for them because they suck. Hell yeah. Let's go. <laughs> All right, let's make that 2-1 Collins way. This is going to continue to be quite interesting and that's that's 2-1 to Mike Lawford, not to Colin. But Colin, I think, has got a big shot to come back here as we move into appearance. <laughs> because, I mean, we've essentially got politician against geography teacher as far as like what people are dressed <laughs> as here. And I can't really decide for myself. But the one that I see having more... and I, I'm coming away from having a team on this and trying to look at this objectively. Colin has the more accessories. And by that, I mean there's a scene where he wears a bright yellow hard hat. Mm-hmm. And I'm into That's it. That's true. He, I he rocks the hard hat. On screen, first time we yeah. see Professor Mike, and he's in that sweater vest with the glasses. Ooh, a college boy. Oh, you know this what? Is I true. Absolutely, forget it all completely. This this is over. This is completely over because he dresses as a cowboy. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. Damn. Three, three one. I'll happily concede. Oh, God. Game Wait, set I mean, match. To be fair, though. To be fair to this, you know, this Colin bitch, right? <laughs> I mean, Thank you for using the full if name. he if he <laughs> if he has the hard hat on and he's some kind of construction worker, that is at least twenty percent of the village people. <laughs> okay, he's just doing the tour. He's doing the rounds at the moment. He's exactly. definitely been a police officer a number of times. Ghost Rider's got to be at least half of one. Ghost Rider, I would love Ghost if the like Ghost the Rider daddy. was. He was Ghost, in the Ghost Rider's the leather daddy. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. It's Pride Month, bitch! <laughs> now, let's not put it. Let's not put it past Cage to go as a Native American as well. That's definitely not cards oh. for that man. So, oh yeah, this is matter true. of time till we get full Cage prejudice bingo. Oh, true. <laughs> is that the last one right. we've got? <laughs> but uh, yeah, am um, I taking this round then in in uh, in, in in appearance? Yeah, that, well, that, that's yeah, it. And that, so that, that gives on. you free. I was going to say, if we did move into the final round of Cage, I think you were going to take it for just BMing the cop. Uh, big yeah, fan of that moment and that does mean that Mike Lawford is going to move on to take on tomorrow's character who's just known as Stone in The Trust oh. anyone know anything about the film The Trust from 2016? Um, I think I Cage is in it and he plays a character called Stone I want to say well, he's going to be acting alongside Elijah Wood <laughs> oh Whoa, yes that's sick oh, who, who okay. looks that batshit already both right this this actually looks quite good because, Elijah Wood's a sickhead, like genuinely a really big fan of that guy. So I'm going to give you the tagline from the poster of just bad cops make the best criminals. Oh, <laughs> God's sake. Sounds and like a Nick Cage film. Yeah, this honestly, you're going to see the pro- poster for this and you're going to lose your shit. We've got Cage rocking his classic cop moustache again and Elijah Wood looks like he's just railed about 20 lines of gear. Ah! This like honestly, this, this looks like it's going to be fantastic. Um, I'll give you... <laughs> It literally is just li- labelled as a pair of cops investigating a drug invasion stumble upon a mysterious bank vault. This I'm pretty up for. I feel like this is going to be good. Yeah, I'm very up for this. <laughs> I can't, I really I really want to I want to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Maeve, believe me, it's a slippery slope. <laughs> oh god. 
This is so good. One day you're saying, hey, Dan, why don't we watch Best of Times? Oh, yeah. And then 75 days later, you're thinking, God, those were the best of times. I was naive and I was happy and I was <laughs> I cannot fucking believe that you've not missed it. Because there, there, there must have been like, because, oh, wait, hold on. Am I episode 69? No. No, unfortunately. <laughs> God damn it. Damn it. Am I the first trans woman to be on the show? You are, congratulations. Yes. And you didn't put me at episode 69. <laughs> no, it's criminal now, I think um, of it. Sorry. That's yeah. this, this isn't that kind of lowbrow humour, all right? We're not... <laughs> Get your agent on the phone. <laughs> this is a mature podcast where we talk about finding porn in the woods, all right? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Which, after all, is, of course, what turned me trans. Yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows that. <laughs> So um, I don't know if we mentioned this or if you've caught wind at all, Maeve, but Dan and I have been lucky enough to come into a new employment opportunity off the back of doing this podcast. Really? We've been working pretty closely with Nicholas Cage himself, and he's actually employed us to become <laughs> Nicholas's Cajuns. And I hear that you've been working on a hot new film here called <laughs> Pay the Ghost. Uh, and we've got a couple of minutes. I'd love if you could pitch it to us and we'll take it forward to our client and see if he's interested. Get this. We've got our boy Nicky Cage, right? He was in a Ponzi scheme. He's down in the dumps. He needs some work. Everybody knows that Nicky gets those clicks. He gets those views. He's a meme. Anybody's going to see him, right? You've all got, like, cousins, uh, nieces, nephews, like, granddaughters, stuff like that, all trying to make inroads into Hollywood. Just get all of their scripts, right? Just put them all in a database, right? We'll scramble it up, right? And we'll, we'll... We'll put we'll put some we'll put something together. Um, it doesn't have to make sense. I mean, I, I literally just saw some graffiti like by some homeless people down the road that said "Pay the Ghost." I just thought that would be fun if maybe that was the film. I don't know. Maybe that can be something to do with the plot. I don't know. Um, You're gonna slap the randomize button. Yeah, like literally. Let's just get, get this out. Get Nick Shuffle some work. It. He's helped us out before. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know if you guys want to take it from here. I mean, I'm happy to get a, a, a you know reduced a reduced rate for for, for for this one. I'm just looking out for my, for for my boy. Well, I've got to be honest. He's definitely interested in taking the role. Um, coming out of this a second, there is no uh, actual listing anywhere I can find online for this one as to how much. I think they've tried to really keep this secret as to how much they did pay the ghost, but I can imagine <laughs> it was too much. But we can play a game of estimating how much we think this is going to make back so Maeve I'd love to hear your opinion on how well you think that this film does in the box office if you just want to kind of round it up to the closest million and let's see where we both end up on there if Ben mm. wants to play as well I think this film I think this film weirdly would have done okay to be really fucking pedantic to get a handle on maybe how much promotion they did yeah I, I don't know, I'm not going off any reference, but I just feel like this film might have done okay. Couldn't really tell you why. I think it made 22 million, going in optimistic. Okay. Maeve, how are you feeling about this? Um, I am going to go for, um, I want to say like 9.6 for some reason. And I okay. Don't know why. That feels pretty good, now you say it. Both very optimistic amounts as oh, this no. one comes oh, no. in. Oh, no. Just shy. It comes in at $2.9 million. Woof. No. I bet yeah. it costs more than that to make. Yeah, almost certainly. Oh, my god. I mean, to be fair, coming off the back of the last two, um, our, our budgets have been down to like $5 million and then $1 million. So I'd imagine this probably had around a kind of $5, 6000000 budget. 
It didn't seem it didn't seem like a low budget film. It just seemed bad. That's about it for this. I've kind of spoke about Pay the Ghost as much as I'm willing to. <laughs> Maeve, thank you so much for your time and enthusiasm today. Big time, legend. Thank you very much. Can I do a quick plug? Funny you should say that, because Dan and I definitely have a, a bad habit of talking over people that we invite onto the show. So in order to counteract that, we've entered a new segment, which is called Gone in 16 Seconds. Well, you get 16 seconds to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Your time starts now. Excellent. Um, so I release music uh, under the name Gordian Stim. It's kind of like fucked up, glitchy, um, poppy, droney, doomy stuff. I released an album. It's on Bandcamp. Gordian Stim is the name of that. You can find it online. Time left on the clock, and I genuinely do recommend you go and listen to that album. I'm usually not one for endorsing it, but I have a very good time every time I do listen to it. Daniel, thank you so much for your time, mate. A pleasure as always. Sure. Maeve genuinely wonderful to have you on the show mate it was so good to catch up and sorry thank you so much nick maybe as you well know we end every episode the same way with that catchy catchy catchphrase and i'd love if you could play us out shit wait hold on um i've got my drum kit nearby let me let me actually play you out <laughs> yes please <laughs> Legend. Bye.